vegans. It's Friday. Can you believe it? We made it one more week. Here we go. It's so hard to not abuse animals. September 1st. Carnies can fuck themselves. Don't fuck themselves. This is a channel for vegans. This is a channel for vegans. Thank you all for being here. Getting ready for this weekend. We got a real vegan on tonight. Awesome. Guys, I'm really stoked. We have a super cool guest today. His name is Chase Aviar. And you know, he, uh, he he inspired another activist that we really like, Mr. Brown over in uh, in Florida. And I was I, it was really funny because we'd already booked Chase and he's like, you know, Chase, Chase is the one who inspired me to be an activist. I was sitting in a restaurant being my regular vegan self sitting in a restaurant and all of a sudden this guy walks in and he starts disrupting the restaurant and I was like, I could do that shit. I could do that. And uh, and he was immediately immediate on the veganism channel. If you go to at veganism on YouTube, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen him before. Um, yeah, super cool. Zach Brown. Uh, let me see. Right now we have uh, – I want to show you right now a little bit of what we're talking about. This is Chase. Or a cow or a chicken or a turkey. Who among us would take a knife to this animal's throat? Who of us would stab this Digging the animal soup. in the throat and cut her head off simply so that we could get an extra flavor? I love this. It, it looks like he's managing the restaurant, and he's like, who, who among us? You know, I like that. This is my kind of thing. I'm more of like the antagonist. I'm trying to do more of the outreach thing these days, and 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 but I, I like the screaming and yelling. You know what I mean? So, I mean, Chase's shit is right up my alley, you know what I'm saying? I love this stuff. It, oh, damn. Here we go. Or a turkey, who among us would take a knife to this animal's throat? Who of us would stab this and cut her head off simply so that we could get an extra flavor. I know I wouldn't do it because I care for animals. <laughs> These chicks are like, what but, the fuck? Oh, God damn. Years, I did eat animals. I paid people to torture and murder these innocent beings just because Love I was programmed to believe that violence against certain animals is okay. But these animals this is so badass all right so that's who chase is we're gonna bring him on right now let's do it please uh put a couple green emojis or something in the chat to welcome our friend chase aviar here we go hello <laughs> how are you <laughs> what's happening Hey man, I'm so stoked that we finally got you on the show, dude. It's uh, your shit's inspiring, you know. And um, I think it was funny ever since ever since I talked about getting you here, more and more people I meet, they're like, "What Chase is what? Who made me want to be an activist?" And it's like that's that space that I really want to talk about. It's like how do we get more vegans into activism? So yeah. I can't wait to get to know you, man. Um, 
so thanks for being here. Did I give you a good? Uh, why don't you just introduce yourself so everyone knows who the heck I'm talking to? Yeah, no, I thought that was great. Yeah, uh, today is my 14-year uh, anniversary since I stopped eating animals. So nice. I'm really happy about that. I just made a post about it on Facebook, and it blew up. It got like 900 likes in like two hours. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? Everybody's just really amped up about that. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, well, it's uh, your vegan declaration day, man. Happy vegan declaration day. Well, yeah, well, technically, like this is celebrating my my vegetarian day, you know, because I did okay. go vegetarian for the animals, you know, just because mm -hmm. I thought that was good enough because I didn't know about the cruelty in the egg and dairy industry until a vegan pointed that out to me like a year and a half later. And then I went vegan overnight, you know, just like I went vegetarian overnight for the animals. Yeah. I did the same uh, and never looked back, you know. You know, I had the same experience, man. Like, well, I was like 15. I went vegetarian and I was on and off. I was with, I was, but it was, it was, it was for the animals. I didn't want to benefit from other people's death, basically. And then, you know, a carny actually was the one who told me I was a hypocrite. It wasn't even a vegan that pointed out that I was a liar, you know, and um, I went vegan overnight because of it. But when, um, so how did that happen? Let's talk about that. Did, were you, were you raised in a vegetarian household or something? What happened? Like, uh, no, 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 I was raised uh, in a pretty, um, uh, yeah, meat eating household for sure. Uh, I'm still the, the only vegan in my household, uh, in my in my whole family. But um, the but I love them still, you know, but uh, yeah, so I guess I just, uh, you know, I became a, a human rights activist when I was like 21 or something. I think I was in jail. I was uh, you know, had made a mess out of my life and was uh, full of regret. And so I was yeah. like, well, this didn't add up very well. So I want to try a different thing, you know. And so I tried to make the world a better place, you know, uh, than, than, you know, than what I found it in. And so yeah. I'm a human rights activist fighting, you know, for progressive causes like women's rights and gay rights and anti-war stuff and all that. And Black Lives Matter. Uh, well, this was before that. But before, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know but, what you mean, uh, though. Like social justice, you were justice minded. You had a revolutionary mindset. You know, I think that's so important that I find that a lot with vegans, man. I I was the same way. Like I would I remember my first protest that I went to was for workers rights at Taco Bell. I was cool. I was I was I was protesting Taco Bell buying tomatoes from like uh, from a, a inhumane source. Basically, they're buying tomatoes from where they weren't treating people. All right. And I yeah, I mean. I had not even thought about, I wasn't really thinking about everything, but I, I guess I was sort of thinking about animals, but I, I know what you mean. You kind of had that like in your blood a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I had a fire up under me, you know, cause I just yeah. started, I don't know why, like, you know, I, but I just really did start caring a whole lot and, and wanted to, yeah, just turn things around. So I did. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I was just, eventually I felt like a hypocrite because I was you know, not extending that circle of consideration to these other beings. I was uh, still discriminating against a group, you know, that was marginalized. And if I claim to be against discrimination and oppression, and I, I think I'm this good person now, but here I am paying people to stab these gentle animals who did me no wrong, you know, so right. it just didn't sit well no more. So I just pushed that stake away and 
uh, ordered a salad because that's all they had there, you know, and yeah, but, uh, got, got, got used to got used to learning about French fry. I would give a French fry connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it gets easier when you learn how to do it, you know. But yeah, the first few weeks were a little rough, you know, but nothing I couldn't handle. You just change your priorities to think about the victims and what they deserve, you know, and the justice matters more than my taste buds and my habits and all that crap, you know. And, so this uh, was uh, you, like 14 years ago, you said, huh? So yes. like so yeah, 2009 2009 yeah so mine i was 2005 and it was like different world like we had boca burger at, at, yeah. the, at but that was about it right um yeah <laughs> did you um what, what what part of the world were you in were you in new york or i was in albuquerque new mexico albuquerque that's yeah. uh i am the danger <laughs> the, um, <laughs> I am the one who knocks. Uh, the, you're the Heisenberg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking Bad. <laughs> I am the one who knocks. <laughs> I am the one who knocks, Skyler. Yeah, it was. Uh, my name is Skyler. So the fact that his wife is named Skyler and was like the villain of the story somehow, like she was always portrayed as like the, not the villain because he's kind of the villain, but she's kind of this. She wasn't portrayed in a nice way. Yeah, but they shot a lot of uh, the whole series of Breaking Bad was shot in Albuquerque. In Albuquerque, I there. and I yeah. actually was in the show as an extra, just a background. No, actor, but they cut my scene. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> there, and like it was really cool. And and both the stars, you know, Aaron Paul and uh, the guy who plays Walter White, you know, they were both really great guys. You know, really uh, nice. Cranston. Yeah, yeah, Cranston. Yeah, really down to earth. So that was cool. That is cool. I, you know, it's funny because so many people have been like, because I've always wanted to live in um, New Mexico. I, I love like, uh, maybe not Albuquerque, but I love Taos. And yeah. I would love to live out there on the Mesa in one of those earth ships that are like off the grid. I've always had like, I probably never do it, but I always kind of had this dream of like off the grid living out there in the middle of nowhere. The desert. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, like they got that. Well, there's a ski resort there, so it's not all desert. It's like True. you kind of get both, you know? Yeah, up in the hills. Yeah, it's like Las Vegas. People think of Las Vegas as in the desert, but Mount Charleston's right there. So it's like yeah. you drive 30 minutes, you're in the snow. You drive 30 minutes, it's 90 degrees. It's a very – I love that where you can get both. Anyway, yeah. but every time I bring up New Mexico, people are like, well, they got a meth problem there. Oh, yeah, because the Breaking Bad. <laughs> it was just cheap to film there, man. It wasn't – it wasn't that thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, a little bit of a math problem, but what are you going to do? That's America. Like, yeah. I don't think that. <laughs> but now, now I live in uh, Idaho in this tiny little town. Um, there's just like a few thousand people who live there, and it's Trump territory. So I got to be a little careful, but I'm still out there on the streets with my protest signs every now and then. But nice. yeah, there's like uh, slaughter trucks at the gas station, just a regular thing, you know, in this yeah. tiny little old town. But. Uh, so I don't really have any any activist friends, unfortunately, or any vegan friends. I don't have any friends at all really down there. But I got I got some family, so that's good. And I got my puppy dogs, you know. Yeah. Well, when you were in, when you first went vegan, did you have that support group? Did you know vegans, or you're just like screw this, I'm doing it? Exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody. Uh, I didn't have you know the leaflet or the websites or all the great vegan options that people got nowadays. You know, we just buckled down and did it because it's the right thing to do. That's right. And, I, uh, I, had the, I had the PETA website is basically all I had, and okay, I had yeah. a, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and that helps though for sure. Yeah, uh, back in so, the day it did. Yeah, and so I remember uh, one of my friends went vegan after I did uh, Richard, so that was really cool. I was proud of him for that. Um, but that was the only one. So, you know, for five years I tried, you know, veganizing my friends by showing them the videos and explaining everything. And, uh, but 
yeah, nobody ever came around really. And so I was like, oh, I got to move to California to find me a vegan community because I know there's a bunch of activists out there. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I definitely found that and it was great. Um, you know, what part uh, of California? Well, I went to Los Angeles and Berkeley and uh, and we did some activism in San Francisco as well. Like, yeah. Very cool. Damn, I was in Berkeley and I lived in Berkeley from 2005 to 2008, I want to say. I went okay. to school there and um, that's when I went vegan. I went vegan in 2005 cool. in Berkeley and we had Berkeley Bowl and stuff like that. But, it, you know, even though it gets this, you know, that town gets a kind of reputation for having being really liberal and everything. Um, there really weren't that many vegans when I went. Like we had a cafe gratitude and stuff, but that shit was so expensive. I wasn't eating there, you know. I was eating like fruits and berries, you know, anything that like. But there was a cool frugivore, like free freegan movement where people like urban fruit foraging. Where yeah. if it if it's hanging over the sidewalk, you can pick the fruit. And you the early days of the internet, really, you could like uh, find it online. Oh, there's lemons, and you can like run out there and grab lemons and shit. I mean, that was pretty cool. Yeah, but. it has Berkeley has its uh, its you know perks, but it's really expensive. And like you said, you know, considering they they you know that as a as a town as a whole, you know, they pride themselves on being really progressive. But yeah. there's a huge housing crisis because you know they're they're not really taking care of the poor well enough. So a there's lot a lot of, of NIMBY uh, going on over there. Not in my backyard type of thing happening. Yeah. And um, well, yeah, I lived on the border of Berkeley and Oakland and we had rent control. But uh, I lived in a semi subterranean apartment for which I took student loans and I'm still paying them off. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's, yeah, whatever. You know, it's the thing. But uh, that's that's cool. Though. You went you moved to L.A. and and that's where you found your activist roots. You That's how yeah. you were like, I'm. That's cool. Well, I mean, I, I would consider myself having already been an activist uh, that five years in Albuquerque because I really was, you know, like talking to everybody, coworkers and strangers on the street and shit like that, you know. But like yeah. every, every cashier I could find, you know, like leave them a video on a piece of paper like, hey, check out this video, even if it was just like a handwritten little note, you know. But like yeah. nowadays, let me show you this real quick. Everywhere I go, I got these professional like activist cards that I made. Oh, uh, I got my green screen on. So you uh, let's see. see. Oh, let me see here. Let me see. Let me see. There we go. Uh, how can I get just you up there? Hold on a second. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give me a second. We're gonna yeah, do this. We... Watch this. Okay. Boom. There. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, it, it just, I see a picture yeah. of you, sort of. So they're right. cards. They're like there business cards. Yeah. Yeah, so like here's me holding a pig, you know, yeah. a little photo, and then it's kind of like the anonymous for the voiceless cards, where it's got you know Darius Scary on YouTube and yeah. uh, and things like that, and then one of my videos, and then recipes, and and then a little quote down here at the bottom from me, which says, "If it's wrong to kick an animal, isn't it worse to cut their head off?" Yeah. And I think I that's that. pretty powerful, you know. And then on the other side, you got me flexing, you know, showing I got my vegan protein here. Yeah, you, know? then, <laughs> yeah, you gotta and, have that. And then a little cat and a pig, you know. And it's uh -huh. and then a little quote I got talking about how speciesism is similar to racism and that kind of thing. So, dude, I really like that. And they're like business cards, uh, you know. They're kind of like, oh, let me see this one. Let's do this. Yeah, and then this one is uh, like health facts right like from the academy of nutrition and dietetic and stuff so this will this will be like a little quote from them a quote from you know another health association and then on the and then some uh netflix videos right mm -hmm. about your health and then on this side is about the environment 
Um, and yeah. so you'll see like, you know, all kinds of quotes from the United Nations and then videos to watch on Netflix, like Cowspiracy and things like that. So I just I'm really happy I got these cards, you know, um, my yeah. friend Robin helped me make them and uh, they turned out really good. So if anybody wants some professional business cards, you know, you can uh, hit me up or uh, hit up my yeah. buddy Robin or just do it through Vistaprint. You know, that's what I thought I was going to say. It has to be Vistaprint, right? Because they even don't they even give you like your first 50 for free sale or something like that? They, do sure. some, they used but to give you like a thousand for free or something oh, stupid. Really? <laughs> back when back when business cards were prop were popular, they'd be like your first thousand free with Vistaprint and they would have like a little Vistaprint logo on them. Wow. But they were free. So like, I've started lots of businesses in my life. Cool. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I'm a serial I'm a serial entrepreneur, and uh, I just I just start a lot of shit. And bands, when I was in bands, I would be like, oh, my band needs business cards, yeah. Vistaprint, and I'd get like a bunch of business cards and give them to like any venues, or I just yeah, give it totally. them all. Yeah. I like that, like a vegan vegan business card with little info with some quotes and stuff on it. It's perfect. Yeah, it works out really well, and people people seem to respond to it, you know. So uh, everywhere I go, I hand those cards out. And there's some light some light activism too, you know. It's not like all the in your face stuff. And I know a lot of people have a hard time with some of the uh, more vocal stuff, which is kind of funny because I actually have a harder time doing the. I don't know. I I have a harder time getting over because I'm so tall. I get really kind of nervous about uh, being intimidating around people when oh, I, I when I do out when I do like street outreach. But when I'm screaming and yelling, it, it really serves me to be intimidating because, you know, like that 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 restaurant manager coming up to you and like trying to talk shit. They don't do that to me. They're like, gotcha. hello, sir. Uh, would you please sure. leave? Excuse me, sir. We're going to have to call the police if you keep on going, sir. Right. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That, might, that might be helpful. Uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm kind of a short dude. I'm only like 5'10", you know, so um, – uh, but, but I bet you that I bet you the uh, well, that's not sure. That's like average American, right? I mean, that's like that's perfect, though. That's like the perfect height to do outreach. And so this I'm about to go on a three month journey just doing outreach with college students. But cool. I've got other people to like soften my presence. And okay, I think that great. that'll be cool, too. Plus, I'll have like I'll have shirts on that say, you know, in a van and like stuff like that. So cool. But uh, yeah, that, I'm going on uh, the PETA abduction tour. Oh, okay. PETA abduction tour. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I've volunteered with PETA uh, several times. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, I'm doing abduction. Is like a, I put these VR headsets on people's faces yeah. and they get abducted by aliens and uh, medical research is done on them. And then you, when they're done, you go like, so uh, would how would you like it if people were doing that for to you in real life? Oh, I wouldn't like that. Well, that's what's happening on this campus every day because <laughs> you allow it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Tear them up. <laughs> yeah, you need to write your chancellor right now and tell them yeah. that you don't want animal testing on your campus. You don't want your tuition dollars going to the shit. Cool. Um. So it's like that. I, I'm really, I'm really stoked about it because anti-vivisection, not many people do, right? Like, yeah, it's usually the uh, veg, right? Uh, veg, right. You know, yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, that's kind of my specialty is is focusing on like the the farmed animals, you know. Uh, but yeah, there's so much room for so many different types of activism and you know pressure campaigns like that, and that focus on experimentation or zoos and circuses. And you know, we made a lot of progress by su by shutting down um, 
Barnum and Bailey zoos, you know, like they were, they were running around for like 150 years. Yes. Animals, and, uh, and we shut them down. You know, it took a, you know, decades of activists protesting the circuses, but it really dwindled their numbers of attendance. You know, a lot of people turn away when, when they see, you know, we holding signs of the, the animals being whipped backstage and stuff, you yeah. know? So and those, they, uh, what do you call those horns that they were using for the, hook. uh, for the, yeah, for the elephants, right? Yeah, bull hooks. The hooks, right? That's what I meant. Yeah, those bull hooks. It's so horrible. Like, you know, um, something like animal uh, entertainment is particularly disgusting to me. Uh, I get really fucking. I get really bent out of shape when I see horses in movies. I'm like, yeah. you ruined the movie for me, you know? Yeah, and and like specifically, like um, there was a movie that came out with Benedict Cumberbatch uh, like a year ago. Oh, the uh, Power of the Dog. I refuse to watch it. Dude, I, I, I didn't know. Like, I started watching it, and, like, I think he really hit that horse in the face. Like, because you see the – it's not CGI, and you see the horse, like, freak out backwards like they're being hit, you know? And I turned that shit off. Like, I got so yeah. Yeah. Dude, so apparently he also, like, uh, castrates a, a bull or some uh, of a, some male animal, obviously. And uh, it, it's real. And, and get Benedict Cumberbatch – is one of those assholes that claims that he's vegan. One of these, uh, oh, I'm I'm vegan, and you're not if you're punching horses in the face, dickwad. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we need to clear up the misconception between vegan and plant based. You know, veganism For is sure. a philosophy. You might eat a vegan diet, but you ain't vegan. You know, if you're hitting yeah. horses in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Damn. <laughs> you ain't vegan if you punch a you punch a horse, you get your V card taken away immediately. Right? Vegan yeah, police no, are gonna show up quick. Yeah, they're gonna show up no strike. There's no three strikes on that one. When yeah. you're actually like literally beating a horse for uh for, and, for 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 pay. And while we're at it, like let's talk about Joaquin Phoenix real quick and like riding. Yeah, horses. let's talk about Joaquin. Let's do yeah. it. So is he, um, is he vegan, Chase? I think he is. I think that ah! like, here, here's the thing. I'm going to cut him a little slack because I saw an interview where he was talking about how, you know, he signed some movie contracts, like saying that he wanted to be in these movies that they offered him. And he didn't realize, you know, that there would be horseback riding involved in it. But now the contract has already been signed and stuff. And then once he's on the horse, you know, filming and he's like, yeah, they, you know, you can tell they really don't like it, you know. And so he's saying that in the interview and that he was regretting doing that, you know, but and, and so and it's kind of like, you know, all right, I've read that. I've read that, too. And I gave him the pass, too. And then this year was announced Napoleon. Right. I know Napoleon. And so he's doing it again. And so I don't know if he had all, if it was another case of that, but like, if I were an actor, you know what I would say, well, I mean, I am an actor kind of like, I don't really not working, but like, I would always, I would say like, I'm not doing any McDonald's commercials. I'm not riding any fucking horses, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, and it's, and that's hard for an up and coming actor to do, but, but not him here for him. Exactly. Because they could do CGI horses. And just yeah, or, they, or put him on a stool and like and like trick yeah. it. You know, I always say Shakespeare didn't have horses on stage, and he he had some of the most epic battles of the history. And you know, if it was he was yeah. able to do it, we could do it. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I, I wish that Joaquin would have done better on this. And none of us are perfect. He might have been caught in a hard spot. And also, like, there's this thing of maintaining a you know like a cost benefit analysis of like 
sometimes like we can't be perfect and like you know doing a little bit of harm to cause some greater good of like maintaining a career winning another academy award giving another big speech about animal rights at the oscars is potentially in his future uh one in which he says you know i gotta quit riding horses hopefully you know what i mean well so, i guess if he if he actually did that that doesn't excuse what he's currently doing though i mean like the gamble like using a horse is to get an oscar to me is the same as using a cow to fill your belly like i don't yeah. know the difference here and I hear you. and he i just don't i'm not like i i totally agree when he first said that shit like oh i signed some contracts and i didn't the same thing happened with james cameron he signed contracts to do these um do these tours to promote avatar and then he shows up at this place and there's dolphins he's at a freaking water dolphin thing and he gets all pissed off about it he's like you assholes i didn't know about this and he even said oh did all these dolphins consent to be here they even said that and i was i was pissed but then cameron apologized he's like dude i signed contracts that i had to go on these things i didn't know this was going to happen and i'm pissed about it and i and i i let everyone know i was pissed about it i'm sure people got fired over that shit yeah but Joaquin Phoenix is working with Ridley Scott again. That's the guy who did Gladiator the last time he rode the goddamn horse. You know, he knew this was right. going to happen. Yeah, 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 I hear you, man. Well, maybe, like, I still, I'm just really impressed with everything else that Joaquin has done, you know. He's yeah. really done a lot of great stuff. And I'm hoping that he'll, you know, really make a public amends about this and pay, perhaps push, like, if he wins another Oscar, he might push for you know like we got to stop using animals in entertainment like i mean yeah I, i'm excited to see what he does next is all i'm saying yeah i guess you're right about that i think um you know it, what, what the lesson for me is how seriously entrenched we are and how insidious it is that we are using animals at all like that na no animal use is where i want to be no yeah. cages and it, it's like it's 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 kind of like I think of the same thing with like Gary Francione. Uh, I disagree with so many things he says these days, and yet he's he's our he's our best vegan philosopher alive right now. Is that like what we got? That's the best we got right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know what I mean. That. Like I think we've got a lot of good act, great activists, activists. Too. But like, do we have like a philosopher writing books and like we need those guys too? And I don't know how many of those we. Like Tom Regan's dead, right? Uh, yeah, I hear you. And Peter Singer doesn't always. Um, Peter Singer sucks. <laughs> go the full way, yeah. So, yeah. but anyways, well, you know, I think there, there's a lot of them. You know, they just might not have real popular names yet. You know. I hope you're right. Yeah, I hope you're right. I, I, I you're speaking right. speaking of uh, philosophy professors and veganism. When I was in college at a community college. I was already vegan and I made a little short film uh, about veganism where I'm giving a speech and like showing slaughter videos. And I gave this and, and to my professor at the college and, who was vegetarian at the time. And, um, and I talked about animal rights a lot in our classes. This was an intro to philosophy and cause we were dealing with ethics at certain times. Right. And, uh, mm -hmm. and so by the end of the semester, he, told me and the whole class that from now on for all of his future semesters, he's going to be incorporating a whole section about animal rights, you know, and that he had gone vegan. So that wow. was really cool. And so, you know, for, and, and there was like 30 kids, 30 students in that mm -hmm. class. So, uh, you know, all into the future. That's just a beautiful thing. I think. 
Yeah, I mean, that that is. And those are a lot of seeds to be planted. And it's funny that when you study philosophers, you'll start finding more and more of them, if not vegan, were really, really thinking about this shit. Even ones that like... Like Descartes, like we talk about Descartes. In fact, I used a day, I used um, nailing Descartes to the walls wall by uh, Propagandi for our little promo video I did for yeah. this. Nice. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but Descartes was even talking about, he's thinking of so much about and trying to justify hurting animals, right? I mean, philosophers have to address this throughout time, even if they're on the wrong side of it, they're always thinking about this shit. And so, yeah. It's shocking to me that we don't have more. Like, how many people do you encounter that simply haven't inca- haven't thought about this shit at all? Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, uh, and another thing that's frustrating, in addition to philosophers not paying this atten- the attention it deserves, is mm-hmm. leftists and progressives not paying. They're the worst ones. You know what I mean? And and like the atheist community also, who like prides themselves like uh, on being awakened and we're so and bright. Having, yes, yeah, having gotten over the brainwashing of religion, indoctrination, and all that. You know, like. And I feel that too. Like I'm an atheist activist, you know, because uh, I have religious trauma from my, you know. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm that right there with you, man. I'm anti-theist. I'm yeah. like I'm 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 super hardcore about that. I there is no God. <laughs> I'm I'm I am upset by even the notion of one. I am offended by you suggesting there might be one. <laughs> yeah, like I consider myself an agnostic atheist. You know, I I because maybe there's some trickster god, some evil god out there. <laughs> some or, trickster. Um, yeah. yeah. Or, that, okay. <laughs> or a god who's like maybe they want entirely apathetic. Yeah, yeah. The, either the god is a jerk, or yeah. the god, like in my opinion, I think you know maybe the god wants to help. But isn't powerful enough to help, you know. But was uh, but but was powerful enough to create all this shit, yeah. you know. Yeah. Power not powerful enough to create a a, a a parasite that lives in our eyeballs, but not par- <laughs> but powerful enough to to help us out with uh, you know not killing each other. Uh, no, I get that, but man, that is something that I find f- wholly frustrating about this. Not just like like. That, that liberals, especially these days, because it's all virtual signaling, so many leftists where I'm like, oh, you care about justice, huh? Right. Okay, well, if you care about – because I love what you said before, which was I wanted to fight oppression. I wanted to fight for justice. And and then I realized that veganism was clearly the only option, like, if you care about those ideals. Yeah. Right? like. And- and specifically the way I came to that was, have you seen the movie District 9? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so District 9 is a sci-fi movie from 2009 where aliens kind of like crash land on Earth in it's 20 years in the future uh, in South Africa. And the aliens are sick and vulnerable. They have some kind of illness, and but uh, but they don't mean us any harm. And they have little kids that they care about, but the humans in the movie – um, exploit the aliens' vulnerability and put them in these ghetto camps and yeah, run apartheid, painful, yeah, yeah, apartheid, right? Like run mm. painful experiments on the aliens and stuff, and uh, and it just got me thinking about like discrimination in general and like racism, but but it wasn't racism because they're not even the same species as us. So I was like, speciesism. Yeah. yeah, and and then the next day I was eating a steak and I was like, wait a minute, like the way that 
the hu- like I'm discriminating against animals because they're not human in the same way that the humans were discriminating against the aliens for not being human. But nobody gets to choose how they're born, and there's nothing wrong with being different. So I should just be nice to everybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's like the uh, the social the, what do they call it the the veil of ignorance for social contract, right? And uh, if we expend if we extend that to the veil of ignorance. If we extend that to whether or not you're born a cow or a person, um, the social contract should be good for all involved, no matter how you're born. Um, yeah, I like that. John Rawls and the veil of ignorance. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like imagine that you're you have a blindfold on and like, you know, you're trying to create a world and you're not born yet. Yeah, you're not born into the world yet, but you're trying to create a just and fair world. And then you're going to enter the world at a random place like you might be the janitor or the CEO, the head of the mm-hmm. company, you know, or you might be a straight person with no problems, or you might be born gay, in which case you're going to face a lot of oppression and stuff. Or you might be born human, where you've got human privilege, you might have some problems still, but at least you're not an animal in a slaughterhouse. And mm-hmm. so you might be born as an animal. So you if you want to create a fair world that would protect you and everyone, then you want to create a world wherein there is no racism or sexism or homophobia or speciesism because you could be the victim. Yeah, because yeah, because you don't know how you're gonna which way you're gonna be born into it, right? You don't know. You you could be born a cow. You better it better be a good world for a cow if you're uh, if you're the one inventing the world. Yeah, it's yeah. a cool cool little thought experiment. You know, I've really liked that as like a normative theory with um, with philosophy as well, because you know Tom Regan uses it a lot, like Rawlsian Rawlsian veil of ignorance and um, the, like, contractarianism and that type of thing. Are you? Uh, did you, is that what you studied in college? Was philosophy quite a bit? Yeah, um, philosophy and psychology and public speaking and screenwriting, directing, acting. Wow! So you these are things that kind of right up right up the activist alley, right? You're just perfect. You kind of right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> did you automatically take to this type of activism, this, these disruptions and stuff? Because I mean, it seems like. Uh, it's pretty ballsy going into restaurants sometimes by yourself and doing this. Uh, it's kind of dangerous too, actually. Going yeah. all, all along. But, uh, <laughs> but how did you, how did you kind of get started with this? Well, I think, you know, I was always pretty passionate and bold person, um, sometimes for good and sometimes for bad. Uh, but mm. then, you know, uh, as, and so I was, most of my activism for the first five years being vegan was, Uh, just polite conversations and sometimes heated debates Mm -hmm. Um, though. I probably wasn't that great at debating back then, but I was, I was learning it, you know, I was going through the steps of, you know, figuring out how to debate and well, yeah. And you're like, you're like forced to defend yourself immediately. You, you, as as soon as you tell people, Hey, I'm going to go vegan. People look, well, why? Well, what about the, and it's like, dude, I just fucking, I'm just trying to like immediately, like you have to be a black belt. I can't think of anything else like that where, you know, if you, if you started to, if you started to say, you know what, I think I'm going to start studying philosophy and someone's like, well, what, what do you think about, you know, (laughs) (laughs) what do you think about Rawlsian veil of ignorance? I don't know. I haven't read that shit yet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So that's why I think it's great that, you know, we've got activists like Earthling Ed and Joey Carbstrong who are making great content that, you know, explain a lot of these 
debates and and different resources that we have you know um every argument against veganism and all that stuff totally but, but, but you, as, far, as far as yeah to finish uh my answer to your question yeah. of how did i get involved with protesting uh i guess the first protest i went to was a small circus protest in albuquerque and i felt pretty out of um like out of place i didn't know what to do and um how'd you I find felt, them I, yeah i felt uncomfortable and and hated by the people we were protesting you know because i mean we were protesting against the circus but it's like if the if the families keep walking in then they feel like we're protesting against them and we kind of are you know because you're like, ruining their night well what yeah. you know they're paying they paid harder they're harder and money to go to the circus right yeah. well how did you find the activists though um i i think i uh i probably through Facebook, you know, I've found like vegan groups on Facebook in my area and, uh, and that kind of thing. There wasn't any, there was only one group and it was really small and they weren't really doing activism. It was just a food potluck kind of thing. And some of them mm -hmm. were vegetarians and most of them were like in their fifties or sixties and stuff. Um, but it was still cool. And I gave a speech for them and they were really nice. Um, but what happened was I saw a video online of, uh, you know, because I, I was doing diligent searches all the time about speeches, animal rights lectures and um, anything of the sort. And because back then there was no protests, there was no outreach like Anonymous for the Voiceless or anything. There was nobody doing nothing uh, yeah. except for Gary Yurofsky <laughs> giving his crazy speech, which was yeah. awesome. <laughs> you know, really, really, he empowered me as well, you know, um, yeah. but but then I saw a video from Direct Action Everywhere, DXE, and that uh, of, of them protesting inside of a restaurant. And it was actually like a compilation video and it was a music video. So it had, you know, it was very entertaining and inspiring. And yeah. Uh, and so I started showing that to my vegan friend and he didn't like it. He was like, no, that's crazy. You don't do that. And I was like, I don't know though, bro. Uh, it's, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting my blood going. And then I, when I moved to California a year later, uh, you know, that was the first thing I did was connect with, with the activists from DXC. And, um, and I actually kind of like quizzed them. Like I, I kind of put them to the test about like, convince me that protesting is actually a good thing. Like, and spe uh -huh. specifically protesting inside of a restaurant or grocery store, because you know, you're pissing off a lot of people, right? You know, like, yeah. And, and especially it restaurants. That's like, They've done lots. Of, that's people are real pissed when you do it at a yeah, restaurant. Yeah, they, and they took, it took a couple of days for for the activists to convince me, but then they had me. Yeah, they explained a lot of the sociological research and the social psychology and the historical precedent of other social justice movements like the civil rights and women's rights and gay rights and anti-war movement, and you know, so it's just another one of those great tactics that yeah, you gotta sometimes you gotta be confrontational to create a uh, an uproar you know even if you're like like upsetting people they're gonna go out and talk about it you know and they're gonna say you should have seen these crazy vegans came into the restaurant while i was eating but the talking about killing animals and all this and the, but the you never know the person they're talking to might be like well i don't know bro because i saw a slaughterhouse video on youtube today and it was terrible i mean maybe the vegans are right you know, also, they'll tell that story for the rest of their lives. That's the craziest yeah. thing that ever happened to them in a restaurant. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I worked in restaurants <clears throat> and in hospitality for almost 20 years. Or no, for longer, like 25 years. And um, 28 years, something stupid. 
and I uh, all the time restaurants and, and hospitality. And let me tell you, crazy shit goes down all the time. But when people do, when people experience that, that's the craziest thing that ever happened to them in a restaurant. Yeah, and yeah. they talk about it for the rest of their lives. And you know, one time, like we, I have a video on my YouTube called uh, "Vegans Get." high fives from rage against the machine during a protest in a steakhouse right (laughs) because like tom morello the lead guitarist of rage against the machine was in there with his family while we were disrupting the steakhouse and they applauded us his wife gave us a standing ovation and and then he he gave us all high fives on the way out it was crazy we've got it on camera you know what was he eating that night i know right but i think he he made a post on social media on instagram afterwards because he took a picture of us while we were doing it and he's he said, you know, these animal rights activists came in and protested and I support, you know, my whole family supports. Uh, we were in here for, you know, his his mother's 90th birthday and that kind of thing. And who knows what he eats, you know, but he at least a- appreciates the social justice aspect of it. Yeah, a lot of people pro activists. That's kind of how I yeah. usually I'm pro activist, you know, like I'll get out there and start making some noise. I'm sick of everyone walking around like robots. I don't I'm I'm sick of people. I want to celebrate critical thinking. I want to celebrate individuality and people get and standing up for what's right or what they believe is right, you know? Get yeah. up. Go. Yeah. And especially if there is, you know, truth behind their message, you know. But also, <laughs> yeah. like I think it, it brings up something interesting that um Oh, I forgot what I was going to say now. Uh, and it was so interesting. It'll come back to me in a second. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I was going to ask you. <laughs> Damn, now I'm lost. Uh that's that's not, that doesn't happen very often. Um so did you did you always want to um yeah, is it okay if I ask you what you got in trouble for? Like, can I ask you that one? Why 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 were you uh why were you in trouble? Oh, why was I in jail in my 20s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. for mushrooms. For mushrooms, yeah, selling mushrooms, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, like that get much, it. you know. I was yeah. selling them to another adult, like get off my ass, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now, if you were, and if you were, if you were in Colorado today, it'd be completely yeah. legal. You wouldn't have had a problem at all. Well, you know what I mean? Nice. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I, that's that's one of those things with drugs in this country. I feel like that's another that's a huge social justice issue that people are in jail for minor possession. Yeah. And uh, or or possession with intention to sell, whatever the fuck that means, and it's it's people people locked up for nothing. Yeah, you know? and and now I'm a convicted felon for the whole rest of my life, especially because this happened in Arizona where they don't do expungements. Oh, you yeah, can't expunge your your conviction. But I mean, this was 20 years ago, you know, and it, yeah. but having a, having a felony record makes it really hard to find a job or a place to live because they all do background checks, you know, so. Sometimes you just like just skip the part where they ask about your background, you know, just like, yeah. you know, and, and a lot of times they won't actually do the background check, but anyway, <laughs> they won't even do it. They'll do a credit check before they do a background check. <laughs> yeah. You know? you know, that stuff's so scary. You know, my, um, it's, uh, when, when I was in Nevada and I needed to get a, uh, I need to be a key holder and they're really serious about who is a key holder for alcohol licenses, okay. uh, because of old because of what used to happen in Vegas. It used to be run by certain groups, you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, so they did an FBI background check on me a couple times. And the first time they did it, I, um, my, my father had been convicted of a murder, and, wow. but we had the same name. And they're like, yeah, well this happened like a few years before you were born. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, fuckers. Like, it's a social security number, can't you tell? Like, what are you doing to me? Like, it's, 
those the fact that people are keeping tabs on you is like what we were supposed to be afraid of in the 80s when they were talking about the russians and them russians are coming they're gonna they're gonna keep tabs on you yeah it's like isn't that where we are today everyone's got tabs on everybody else I think I remember what I was going to say, and this is important. Um, so sorry to do for it with no transition. This is Logan. This is hey, Logan, yeah. Logan Brown right here. That's the guy I was talking about that was inspired by you. And he, uh, he, he said, I asked, I asked him why he became an activist. He said, have you ever heard of this guy named Chase? If you're, have you ever heard of that guy? That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, good to hear you. Yeah. My pleasure. <laughs> keep, up the, keep up the good work. Um, so, so here's what I was going to say was that we don't need to get everybody to be vegan. We don't even need to get, you know, half the people to be vegan, like half of the population. I don't, you know, we may not even need to get like 10%. All we need to do is get enough people who are animal lovers or who are, you know, sympathetic to our cause to not get our, not get in our way when we make new laws to ban slaughterhouses. Cause there are a lot of people I've talked to a lot of people who said that they struggle with the willpower to actually go vegan, right? But they would support a law banning slaughterhouses, essentially. Yeah. And, they know, and they know that that would force meat off of the shelves, and f- then they would be forced to eat the vegan foods. This totally. is a strange situation, but it's it's – it's something we have to realize is true, and and we I don't think say- it's that strange, though, man. I think I think what you're doing is 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 that's hopeful, like right? That's hopeful, yeah. and I and I and I'm a I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of hope, but uh, that that's not that strange. When they passed seatbelt laws, people were like, I don't want to buckle my seatbelt, but if you put it on the ballot, I'll vote. I know a lot of people dying, and you know a lot yeah. of shits going on because of seatbelt or motorcycle helmets. I don't want to wear a motorcycle helmet. Da 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 da. Cigarette laws. Right. It used to be I don't know where you were when they started passing the cigarette laws, but I was in I've been in I was in California when they passed it. And then twenty years later or something no, not that long, maybe fifteen years later when they passed it in Virginia, I was living there when they changed the cigarette laws. And let me tell you, the same shit what you just said, like, you know, I don't think it's uh, I don't wanna like, I don't wanna go outside and smoke, but if you put on the ballot, I'm a smoker, but I'll 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 vote for it. And they did. Yeah. It's you know? interesting. Yeah. And, and like, I've really had these, this conversation about animal rights with a lot of people. So I, yeah, I think it is hopeful because, you know, we struggle with veganizing everybody, you know, because, and it's really just a willpower thing and an availability thing. If there was more vegan foods available to them and if they're social, like if all of their friends were vegan, then they'd be vegan. You know what I mean? Cause I think the strongest predictor of, of our behavior is, uh, the social circumstances in which we're raised and what we currently find ourselves in, the norms of our culture. Obesity uh, obesity is contagious. If you hang around with obese friends, you become more obese. If you hang around with workout junkies, guess what? You're going to have a six-pack. It's just like you have – you know, that's just – we're creatures of, uh, of habit and of um, – we're herd animals practically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and so part of, part of disruption is to disrupt that social yes. norm and that complacency to shake things up and start a new norm where we stigmatize violence against animals and we hold up and praise defending animals. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that that's ex- – yeah, I, I, Noam Chomsky, 
who should be vegan and isn't. Another another one of those atheists that uh, for some reason doesn't uh, fall in line, uh, doesn't want to live an ethical life. He talks about like these uh, that twenty percent are these agenda setters. They're the ones that have like you know college degrees and they're up in high places, and then the rest of the eighty percent kind of follow orders. They don't want to rock the boat too much. They don't want to like they don't really they just want to live their lives. And 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 then there's like these upper upper echelon of people that are like the real money, the real money, the real power. But there's that twenty percent. And if you could convince that twenty percent of just doing the right thing most of the time, they'll set it. They'll set the agenda. That's how. That's how. Um, that's how slavery. How human slavery was abolished. Was exactly what you're talking about. They didn't want to give that shit up. Hell mm-hmm. no. And and white people didn't care. Because why would they? Because the, most of them, most of them didn't care. Luckily, there were activists that were disrupting and doing really hardcore activism back then to change the world. Yeah, and it helps motivate, you know, that kind of disruptive, powerful activism helps motivate people who are on the fence about the issue to take Bingo. a stand one way or the other. Like, get off that fence. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, and also to help people who are already on our side but not really active yet to become more active. So you know, I love I love that, and I and I, I hate to I hate to go back to this, but you, when you got back on track, so did I, because my next question was going to be about caustic septic and how you feel about ex vegans and some of these, like especially uh, um, these vocal ex vegans that do you think they hurt the cause, and how do you feel about it? Yeah, it's just growing pains for the movement. I think, like uh, you know, real quick before I talk talk about ex vegans, like another bit of hope though is like the environmental movement is backing us up like a lot of people are are buying plant-based foods for the environment or for their health and that helps the animal rights movement you know that helps us with the supply and demand chain to eventually make it easier to outlaw slaughterhouses and that kind of thing hopefully we'll be able to get to that point in in a decade or two you know it might start in small progressive areas and expand from there but uh yeah i get that the the environmental movement i get i get a little bit of uh not to push back completely because i I kind of because i kind of i because i'll say something along the same lines that you just did where i'll say like people are gonna have to go plant-based there's no there's no way around it there it's gonna happen or we're not gonna have a future i don't see any way (laughs) if if humanity's gonna have a future it's gonna be a plant-based future or we're just gonna perish uh Yeah. yeah or 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 it's just going to get so costly because of global yeah. warming to raise animals that they won't have a choice that way, and we'll have huge die-offs of humanity. But, um, but I mean, that doesn't. My problem is that I want the change of stat, the status change of animals. I'm yeah. not. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah, think I'm that those environmentalists get that shit at all. I don't. Yeah, I'm with you, but I, I'm just trying to say like it can still help our movement. And yeah. once people, you know, oftentimes once people stop eating animals for health or environment reasons, their defenses may be lowered to where they're now more open-minded to the animal rights stuff. You know, I see that. Happen. Yeah. But in any case, yeah, it's interesting, and, and I guess you're right too. The environmentalist thing, if uh, if we do stop growing animals to murder them, we'll also stop deforesting the natural habitats and destroying yeah. the natural habitats of of elephants and the like. So maybe we can, you know, start rewilding some of these animals that have been um, falsely incarcerated for our entertainment. You yeah, know, yeah. I guess but- like. Hmm. Yeah, but as far as ex-vegans, like, so Cosmic Skeptic... Let's talk a little shit. Yeah, that was silly (laughs) because, like... I, I saw his his explanations for why he stopped uh, being vegan and why he wants to 
start eating fish, I guess. Uh, it's because like he's got IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, yeah. but he wasn't blaming it really on that because he was saying he he's like, I'm not saying that veganism caused my IBS or that people with IBS can't be vegan. It was just like an availability thing that when he would go out with his friends or something on some adventure, that there would be some secluded location where they wouldn't have all the vegan foods that don't upset his stomach. And it's like, well, just pack a snack, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that's what we all do. I feel like I've been on airplane. I was on an airplane once that was so long and they didn't have a vegan option. And I just went. I just, yeah. okay, I guess oh, I'm yeah. intermittent fasting right now. Yeah, dude, I went on a five-day hunger strike for the animals. Like, yeah. you know, and I ain't trying to, like, mess with nobody's medical conditions or nothing. Like, do what you got to do. And, uh, you James know, Aspie like, didn't talk for a fucking year and this guy can't go out to dinner one time? Come on. I know, pack a snack. That's really all he had to yeah, do. So, uh, so but I think I think he just lost a bit of the motivation, probably because he had no circle of vegans around him. You know, he didn't have a social support network, and just didn't have the willpower to go through it. I guess. Um, I don't know. I think it's way worse than that. I think it was money. I think that he started he started not getting because um, he does speaking gigs, right? And he gets and he gets goes on other people's show, goes on Piers Morgan and shit like that. And they would always ask him about veganism, and they wouldn't invite him onto other shit. But now that he's no longer vegan, he gets asked about whether or not we should have the monarchy on Pierce Morgan. You know, he doesn't get asked about veganism anymore. So I hear you. Well, I think he was probably still getting asked other stuff, but I, I'm not sure. I think he's he's being sincere to some degree, but yeah. I don't know. It's just it, it's it's just flaky, is all. Yeah. Do you think wow. people can? Do you think you can be an ex-vegan, or is it is it yeah. you're either on or you're off? Yeah, I do. Like, uh, you know, I, I I had a friend who was an animal rescuer with DXE. You know, like high status, like super activist type, and she got married to a non-vegan and started hanging out with all the non-vegans. And then, you know, a year later, a couple years later, she's she makes a post about how she's uh, eating animal products again, and she feels bad about it. And uh, but she's still doing it, and I'm like, like, how could you turn your back on something you fought so hard for? Well, also, you just you just abandon like all of your ethics. What you're gonna go buy a Louis Vuitton bag next? Like, what do you? It's that type of shit, man. Yeah. So you know, uh, like, like some people aren't phased by their social circumstances, but we do have to recognize that most people are social animals who like just you know go with succumb to peer pressure. Like. Yeah, they give, they give in to peer pressure, and so. You know, part of my my spiel is to be an educator and a motivator, you know, and to make sure people take this shit seriously and don't turn their yeah. back on it. Because how would you like it if, if I turned my back on you, like if you were the victim and I was speaking up for you and then all of a sudden I started paying for your slaughter? Like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, it's you know, ridiculous. you know, that the alcoholics, the friends of Bill will say things like um, uh will say things like well if you hang out in a the if you if you hang out in a barbershop long enough you're getting a haircut and yeah. the, have you ever heard that one when no, you ever had any good. yeah it's uh it's like what something that people in recovery will say so that you don't go so that they don't don't go to bars like cuz they'll be like yeah. i don't i don't go to bars because if you go if you go if you go to the uh you go to the barbershop enough you're getting a haircut you can hang out yeah. there long enough um and so I, I could see that, but that's like again seeing animal. Maybe because that person always saw animals as products that they're that they're 
that that she's foregoing and not really as beings with rights but she didn't that's what i'm saying like she was a legit vegan people can change though like they can go back on and it's sad but like this person was i think had gotten arrested for animals intentionally you know like high level stuff gets arrested for animals and now is paying for their slaughter yeah that's a benedict arnold you know what a turncoat yeah for sure but again that's another that's another person who uh, would not get in our way if we passed a law to, to ban slaughterhouses. They would You're let right. us, they would let us force them to be vegan. <laughs> well, that's funny because I say I say you know all the time you know people don't no new carny friends. This happened recently. Well, f- for the last couple of years, I'm like, if you are if you're if you're already your grandfathered in, all right, maybe. I've, although I've gotten rid of most of my old carny friends too. There's only a couple left. <laughs> but n- if you're in carny. And you want to be part of my life? Need not apply. Fuck yeah. off. Like, yeah. I want nothing to do with someone who's some blood-mouthed carny who's fucking around murdering animals. I want nothing to yeah. do with them. I mean, it's one thing, like, for me, maybe, like, I'll, I'll give them a grace period of, like, educational stuff, like, you know, to, you know, let them, you know, get their toes wet and stuff. But if after <laughs> that, then it's like, well, you know, because it's like – because they would do the same thing with a habitual dog kicker. They wouldn't hang out with them. They wouldn't right. be all like everything. Child small. molester, a, yeah. uh, you a know, racist. any any a rapist. Yeah, okay. you wouldn't you wouldn't allow it. You wouldn't want to be friends with those people. It's kind of like I get what you're saying though. For educational purposes, I will speak. I will deign to speak to a to a to a carny. But like that's I like to say that you're everyone's allowed in the lobby. But only only certain people are allowed in the suites. You yeah, know what I, I mean? understand. I understand. Yeah, I only date animal rights activists for sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get in bed, yeah. fuck, no way. I ain't sharing a key in a bank account with somebody <laughs> who who murders animals in their free time. You know, for what I'm real. Saying? For real. Well, let me uh, <laughs> let me let me plug this event that's coming up tomorrow. Do um, it. We've got the Animal Liberation March in New York City, right at the Flatiron Building at 12:30 p.m. I saw that. And I'm going to be helping to lead chants. So we're going to probably have about 500 vegans and it's going to be crazy, you know. We're going to have some drummers and making a whole bunch of noise with those giant megaphones and uh James Cromwell, the actor from Babe the Farmer, he'll be there. He was yeah. also in American Horror Story and uh and then He also was uh, he glued himself to a to a Starbucks counter recently. I saw him yeah, do that one. Yeah. yeah. I hope his hands okay. But, <laughs> I'm, uh, sure that, I'm sure they didn't hurt James Cromwell. He, I'm yeah, sure he's he, fine. <laughs> he gets arrested. I, I was his driver once when we rescued a hundred turkeys from slaughter in Utah a few years ago, uh, wow. and he and he held like a, a dead piglet uh, in city hall and gave this amazing speak out, you know, and uh, but uh, but he said that he gets arrested for different social justice causes like once a year. He like dedicates some time to get to go to jail. <laughs> like, once a year. In between filming. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he was in uh, succession too. Yeah. So he's got he's got a busy schedule still. He's still a working actor. So uh so Flatiron Building, a bunch of vegans. I saw this on the internet. Five hundred people. I saw it posted. Your social, your social media is in the show notes of this, but most people probably can find you. Uh, but the Flatiron, the historic Flatiron Building. Yeah, twelve thirty p.m. tomorrow, September second, Saturday. 
Um, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a messing noise. I'm telling you, because I'm coming full throttle. I ain't messing around because I know about these New York activists. They're hardcore, and so that sounds right up my alley. Let's do this thing. Yeah, man. I'm hoping I'm hoping Kirsten will be there. I know uh, Stewart's probably gonna be there. There's a lot of guys that I know that are planning on being entice, there. Entice so nice, the lyrical vegan. She's gonna be there giving a speech. I just found out I might actually be seeing her because I'll be in Ithaca sometime this year, and I'm gonna really hopefully get uh, on this PETA tour. And I'm hopefully gonna see her. I, I've never met her in person. She's been on the show, but she's never, you know, I don't get to see these people in per person. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, same here. Yeah, this will be my first time meeting her. And uh, another thing awesome. I should recommend is the plant-based treaty. Uh, uh, you know, from the Save Movement, Anita Kreintz. She's uh, been pushing the plant-based treaty and so we should all uh look that up in and you can just go to plantbasedtreaty.org and then you'll find your your city like new york or la or whatever and you can just hit a button and sign and like hit another button real quick and like it'll send a, a letter to your congressperson or something like that your your city council and uh about the plant-based treaty so plantbasedtreaty.org and then the animal yeah we were pushing Go ahead, we, go were, ahead. We, we were pushing the plant-based treaty a lot a couple months ago. Uh, Grumpy Vegan Granddad and I were like pushing it quite a bit. And uh, oh. I guess I, have, I haven't mentioned it for a while, so I'm glad you brought it up and put it back in my active memory. Yeah, plant-based treaty is pretty awesome. Um, everyone should sign it. If you haven't signed it already, sign that damn thing. Get, get involved. You know, It's super easy. Yeah, it's an easy way to contact your local legislators and stuff and just give them a little, little, a little push, a little nudge. Right yeah. Correct. Because because uh, every town can be on the plant-based treaty and then the states can be on the plant-based treaty. It's Yeah, and neat. remember, like, that's what we did with the fur ban, the California fur ban. It started in with just a handful of activists approaching their local council members in West Hollywood. And, yeah. and there were animal lovers on the city council and they banned fur. You know, and then mm -hmm. they did the same thing in Berkeley, California, and then San Francisco, and then Los Angeles, and then the governor signed a statewide ban on fur, you know, and it, yeah. really, it only took like 300 activists and three years, and we took down this $40 million per year industry. So, That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's a, yeah, West Hollywood just, just made glue traps illegal, okay, and they're thinking great. that it'll be the next, the next big kind of push because glue traps are fucking disgusting yeah. and horrible yeah. yeah so we're getting rid of those hopefully i think more and more it doesn't take much you just it's just every little domino you know it's it's california is a good example because uh we've had some pretty significant headway you know yeah, and yeah. in new york too new york too hey you want to hear a, a vegan joke yes all right <laughs> uh, how many how many crazy vegans does it take to change a light bulb stop hurting uh, animals <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. Yeah, I made that up. Thank you very much. Another one is uh, uh, I'm not a vegan because I love animals. I'm a vegan because I hate plants. Ah, uh, yeah, I like that one. I've heard that one. <laughs> I, I I thought I, I I've said a lot of times. Um, oh, you love I'm not a vegan. I love animals. No, I hate animals. That's why I don't eat them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't even touch them. Yeah. Well, cool. <laughs> won't, won't go near them. What is your um? 
So usually at the end of the show, we ask, you know, what, what other kind of uh, life you live outside? What other kind of shit are you into outside of this? You know, that when you're outside the vegan echo chamber, what sure. do you do to relax, have fun? What kind of nerdy stuff are you, do you nerd out about? Um, yeah. What makes, yeah, what are you into? Well, I just got a new motorcycle, so that's one thing. It's a Kawasaki Z650, like black and green. I'm going to paint the wheels green, and it's just super fast. Zero to 60 <laughs> in 3.4 seconds. Woo! Oh, shit. So that's good. <laughs> I wear my helmet and all my armored motorcycle gear, you know, so I'm being as safe as I can. I got to slow down, though, because, like, I had a real close encounter with a deer, you know, and so yeah, uh, I'm out in those country roads, you know, Um but uh, so that's one thing, some motorcycling. And then uh, I like singing death metal, <laughs> like vegan. You do? Yeah, I do some vegan songs. Like, I don't know if you heard uh, my cover of John Sacker's song, Go Vegan Motherfucker. No, yeah. I have not heard that, but now I want to. Do you do the, you do the death metal? You do that one? Yeah, I don't go as deep as some other people, but I got my own style that growls, you know? So, like, it's yeah. kind of like. Go vegan, go vegan, go, go vegan, go vegan, go, go vegan, go vegan, go, go vegan, motherfucker. <laughs> you got the motherfucker perfectly. That was like, that was very death metal. I love. It. <laughs> I, I, I first, you, it's like it's it's almost like uh like Vanilla Ice did the Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the, <laughs> there's some nerdy overlap there. The motorcycle thing. I hope you are, man. When I took motorcycle lessons, they told me, uh, they told me, Sky, you know, you like going fast. Go, go, pay your hundred bucks and go on a go on a track. Go pay a hundred bucks. Go as fast as you want. Go on a track. Don't do it on the road. Don't go. Uh, I, 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 I didn't have much of a motorcycle life, but I really wanted to. But I, uh, you know, people, uh, people die out there, man. You got to yeah. be careful. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I'm trying to stay, stay out there. Rubber uh, side down. Yeah, fighting the fight for as long as I can. So. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. Yeah, some, some other stuff, just comedy. You know, I like to laugh. I like to make other people laugh. I'm kind of goofy, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, I like um, uh, movies and TV shows. Yeah, there's a really great TV show on Netflix called um, Midnight Mass. I love that show, man. Yeah, bro. Yeah, the Flanagan. Uh, the I think it's the Flanagan Flanagan verse or whatever. The Midnight yeah. Mass with. Um, um about the vampires right well don't ruin it <laughs> is that ruined did i spoil it? spoil it that's not a but spoil that's like i'd it's... say that's a bit of a spoiler the first episode you know <laughs> come on <laughs> i'm just one of them people who's like don't say nothing about nothing just tell me the i don't understand people that are so <laughs> so everybody go watch midnight mass and also watch district nine did you like yeah. the haunting of hill house the his other two because he's now he's on four on netflix and, you know. Oh, I uh, love the Hill House one. And what about the Bly Manor? Uh, you know, but Midnight Mass. <laughs> Midnight Mass you like. Yeah. You like the, the long and monologues then, about the meaning of life. Yeah, and then if you want something funny on Netflix, check out um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I haven't, I haven't really watched that one. Is it good? It's hilarious. Hilarious. This poor girl gets kidnapped by a crazy preacher and put into a bunker for 15 years. Told her that he told her that the earth was all gone, you know, Armageddon. And so he's saving her life and all this. But then the cops come and free her and she's all happy. But like the whole 15 years, she never let it beat her spirit. She's all she's unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. 
and it's hilarious. <laughs> trust me. Oh, maybe I'll check it out. You know what's funny? I didn't want to. I I thought so. The guy who made um, Midnight Mass, he came out with this the the new thing that he did with like the kids that are part of a they're in a school where they're like in some kind of cult or something. It's um shit. What was that movie called? That he made they made a show where the kids are like telling stories in the middle of the night. It looked like it was going to be like goosebumps or something, but it was it was too it wasn't very good. But um, but I I I, I I started my Netflix back up because of that. Cause I always turn, I always, Netflix is the only one that I cancel frequently because oh, really? like they, they don't, they don't keep up with shit. Like they, and then they cancel the good stuff. They piss me off too much. Netflix, you know, no, but like, don't, but don't, I, I'm always back. Out. So when I'm back, I'll get, I'll get unbreakable. Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> okay. Well, if you need to protest against Netflix, you know, who's got the megaphone. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I've been trying to make sure that people call it a megaphone instead of a bullhorn because, uh, yeah, the species is, um, yeah. yeah midnight mass is pretty good all right people like it everyone's angry with me saying that i'm a i'm a friggin a spoiler <laughs> that that show's fucking five years old guys yeah that too like what what is the statute of limitation on spoiling everyone's like well, what happens i didn't even spoil district nine though and it came out in 2009 i didn't even spoil that one i just gave you What's the layout the layout <laughs> you did it. you layout. spoiled it that they're that they're experimenting on them and there's like the guy oh, that yeah, wants to eat spoiler. them oh you're right you're right come on Shame. i'm not the only one here bloman camp what what's that director's name bloman camp he just did he directed the new um he has a movie out right now it's the uh gran turismo he did the new one where they're playing they're the kids that play video games and they get they become formula one racers the oh, true story cool. no i don't know yeah. about that one He's a. It's a true story that they they gave, they took these um, kids who were really good at racing in the video game and they gave them real cars to, and had them race for real. Oh dang! Bloman Camp, Bloman Camp, something like that. The yeah, guy who directed Neil, Neil Blomkamp. Blomkamp, yeah, yeah. He's a good director. Yeah, yeah he doesn't true. get. Yeah. I've seen yeah. District Nine, so it doesn't count. <laughs> you guys need to keep up. What do you guys? I don't understand how people. I barely watch TV. I watch like. A ninety minutes, ninety minutes a day. I think it's because I never watch anything twice. That's that's how I've had to think. Like, oh really? I watch I, like good movies and TV shows. I watch like three times. Oh, uh, like I barely ever. I watched uh, Haunting of Hill House twice because okay. I thought it was really good. But um, nah, man, I don't really. I watch one thing and I'm done. I, I'll remember it forever. I don't know. I'm like weird like that. So maybe that's why everyone's like watching shit three times. That's why they don't see as much stuff as I have. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Chase Avior, thank you so much. Um, you are doing the the protest to uh, wait. Is it tomorrow? Yes, yeah, tomorrow. And technically, my name is Avior, son. Avior. Avior. That's a hard A. Like rhymes with behavior. Bad behavior. Bad behavior. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Bad man. I, I I only know how other people say it. You know what I, I know. mean? Some some people try and say Avoir. Well, originally, I, I'm sure that the first time I saw it, I probably thought the same thing. Avoir. Yeah. If the if the I were on the other side of the O. Exactly. Yeah. But and yeah. that would be French. Yeah. But I'm Scottish. If it's so, not Avier. If it's not Scottish, it's crap. It's not Scot. I love you. I always have. Always have. I, it's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's great. It's great. They can take away our lives, but they can't take away our freedom. Hey, there's no excuse for animal abuse. 
Oh, I like it. I got like a Sir Walt, Sir Sir William Wallace type of thing going on there. Hey. It was nice. That was good. Oh, I saw Vitch. Uh, that was a good one. Seven days, seven days in a row. So you watch that seven times. No wonder shit gets spoiled for to you, man. You got to keep up. We're in a race. We're in a race. Don't don't. From now on, we're racing. I'm not going to worry about spoiling shit for y'all. If it's <laughs> if it's over a week old. <laughs> don't come, don't come at me, fucking! I get 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 blasted for spoiling the sixth sense, <laughs> motherfuckers. I, I, I hear that motherfucker dead the whole time. <laughs> He's dead the whole time. <laughs> How dare you, Sky? <gasps> I haven't seen it. <laughs> you spoiled the sixth sense. Oh boy. This is this is my life. Yeah. Uh Deb Thompson likes it. All right. Guys, thank you so much for everyone. And thank you, Chase Avier. At least yeah. I've learned I've learned that. Like it rhymes with bad behavior. Yeah. Let's put those <laughs> let's put those avoir rumors to rest. Let's let's settle, let's put them to bed right now. Let's settle this shit I'm once and for Frenchman. all. <laughs> I love the French, but I'm not a Frenchman. I'm Scottish. Scottish. Yeah, I, I let's get one thing straight, sir. Yeah. It's aviator, like, <laughs> like aviator, like bad behavior. <laughs> I like that, like bad behavior. I like it. It's good, son. Yeah. All right, well, thanks everybody. Sign our suckers. All right, uh, wait real quick though. You got to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Yes, the in the it's in the it's in the show notes. All his okay. shit is in the show notes, and it's Avier. Don't put the I on the other side. That's his yeah. imposter. That's his evil twin. It's like when Spock went to the. Never mind. It's, he's got a, Chase Avoir has a long mustache look, and a goatee. Look, help me! I'm gonna kiss the puppy. Help me kiss the puppy. You did it. <laughs> kiss the piggy. Kiss the piggy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. You did it perfectly. You interacted with the back with the with the green screen perfectly. What, good work. I shit, I could have been. A, I could have been a weatherman. You could have been a what? Because because you make it rain. Yeah. <laughs> I could have been a weatherman, son. Yeah, you could have been. But it's there's that. Rain, fool. But there's that thing on your record. <laughs> Yeah, but there's that thing on my record. So they won't let me pass the weather. I always wanted to be a weatherman, but there's that thing on my record. God damn it. That's my excuse for not having been a weatherman. My mom always wanted me to be a weatherman, and you know. I let her down. I let down the whole family. I let down the whole family. So I wanted to be a, I was a, I would come from a long line of meteorologists, and I just couldn't cut yeah. the mustard. Now my mama don't know if the sun is shining. <laughs> she don't know if it's gonna hail or storm. She don't know nothing. <laughs> God damn! You gotta stick if her only... head out the window, but by then it's too late. She get rained on. <laughs> My mom's so dumb. She walks outside when it's chilly with a bowl. Oh, stop it! <laughs> Your mama's a saint. I love my mama. I love you, mama. <laughs> I love you, mama. That's what I like. I love that when people do that. I love you, mama. Yeah. I, I like, uh, like, um, like Carter the Fifth. Like um, Lil Wayne always does that. So it's like, love you, mama. I love you, mama. <laughs> like in half of his songs, she's like, love you, mama. Love you, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. I love you, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, like, uh, 
like like Guns N' Roses or Metallica doing that shit, like like really badass, like heavy metal people or anything ever doing like I love you, Mama. No, that would be silly. Speaking of music, though, one last thing: you got to check out my video, Jail for Justice. Jail for Justice on YouTube. It's a, a protest song from 1969, and it used to be like a folk song. It's the guitar, like, have you been to jail for justice? I want to shake your hand. But then from this lady, right? But then I turned it all metal. I'm like, have you been to jail for justice? I like that. It's good stuff. And then I got, uh, oh, this this hoodie. Someone's asking where I got this hoodie. This is from yeah. VXD, directactioneverywhere.com. You can probably find the hoodie. Uh, Here you go, DXC. Come on, vegan Han. You got to ask me 12 times. <laughs> you could have put a super chat in there. I would have put you up right away. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I got another song coming out soon called Vegan Blues. That's going to be a good one. Really hardcore. So if I put you into like, if like, are you on whatever that distribution thing is? So if I'm on like um, TikTok and I put up a video, could I use your 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 song? By searching it in oh, TikTok, probably not. Probably not. No, you got to hook that up. Yeah, but I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make an album and put it up on Spotify. Hopefully, you got to put it on the shit. Like, dude, I talked to that vegan teacher, and yeah. she makes 15 second songs now, and she just needs to make she just needs to make enough of them, and then she uploads the album, and then people use those songs on TikTok, and she gets paid for that. Nice. That's nice. A, nice. <laughs> yeah, this like vegan <laughs> for cuddles is always like nice. Um, Right? Yeah, I mean, I think that it means shit. If you're making music about vegan shit, I would use your stuff when I make like little little cl clips and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I got some good stuff out there. Oh, I mean, you're making anyway. Upload that shit to to whoever that distributor is. I'm sure they take a piece, but I mean, you get a little money. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Thanks for the suggestion. You're welcome, sir. That one's for free. Ladies and gentlemen, vegans of all ages, thank you so much for joining us. Chase Avia rhymes with bad behavior. Peace. It's so hard to not abuse animals. Carnies can't fuck themselves. Don't fuck themselves. This is a shot of all vegans. Guys, thank you so much. Um, Sunday, we're still doing Sunday school. I will be here, but Lauren will be at the sanctuary, so it should be cool. I'm hoping that we got Veg Vega Rican on as a special guest on Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Don't forget, no pre-shift on Monday. I don't even know if we're going to be able to do a show at night on Monday. I don't know if I will be streaming at all. It's Labor Day here, and I will be in an airplane for most of the day flying to New to Virginia to uh, start with PETA. Start touring with PETA on, uh, on, on Monday. So I'm not really sure, but we will be back on track here soon. Don't forget, Sunday, Vegan Sunday School is happening. Illegitimate non-carborundum. Thank you so much for helping me make my dream come true. I just want to make shit for vegans. Thank you for making that possible. Thank you, everybody. 
Don't forget to like this video for the love of Christ. Illegitimate non-carborundum. Don't let the bastards grind you down. I need you. The animals need you, and we need each other. So thanks. Bye, guys.